This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham here, your host, and have I got a treat for you today. I am super excited. I'm going to say hi to our guests first. We have Louis and Louis, the biz bros on our show today. So woohoo. Hey guys, how are you? What's up, Michelle? Thank you for having us on your show. We're extremely excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us here. You're welcome. Well, thanks for being here. I love, love these guys so much. They have so much energy. I was on their show with Evans a few weeks ago. It was so much fun. Just laughed the whole time. And so let me tell you a little bit more about these guys and why they're so amazing at what they do. So both of these guys, obviously they're brothers, (laughs) and together they have been helping companies like Orange Theory, Red Bull, Property Management companies, CSI companies, different theory, University of Florida. Oh my gosh, so many different companies with their content. So they really want to help you find the correct messaging, consistent content structure. And that is just the beginning of frictionless sales is what they say. I love it. So they work with um, podcasters and YouTubers and show them how to take their content in the long form, like how we are recording right now and shop it all up and turn it into bite-sized value pack cash generating assets so that we can maximize our efforts and multiply our um our message and our impact into the world so guys what you do is absolutely amazing i totally love what you're up to and so glad you're here with us today thank you michelle thank you so much yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm listening to this i'm like how have we done all well that's crazy <laughs> time flies yeah, very guys, quickly amazing yeah. wow yeah, those guys guy. sound pretty cool <laughs> huh? who are those can we uh can we have an introduction please <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, uh, we're, we're excited yeah awesome. so cool so now you guys also have a podcast which is content and profit right Yes, but yeah. we had this incredible artwork out here from one of our incredible customers and partners, uh, Don and Emily. They sent us this with the name of the show, Contents Profit, and uh, it that how it started is super super fun. We can get into it a little bit later, but it's on that quest, right, of finding that frictionless sale and. We we interview people like you and Evans, right? Like that that have incredible value in the marketplace and and share all the secrets. <laughs> uh, because our audience are podcasters or people thinking about podcasting, what's been the best thing for you guys since starting your podcast? Oh, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so you know when I'm gonna back up two years, right? Two years ago, we actually started. We tried to start a podcast. We were like, okay, we we know we need a podcast just because we need content, right? At that point, the message that we were receiving from the gurus, quote unquote gurus, right, was like, you need to publish, you need to be out there. And we saw podcasting as just a, a viable option, as a cool option, more like it, right? So we invested in some equipment. Uh, we already had a few cameras, a few things. And we started recording. Well, we had so much pressure, so much uh, friction on the process that we ended up just recording five episodes. Mm-hmm. We never edited any of the five episodes and we never published them. 
right? But also, we did not have a goal in mind. We did not have any clarity of why were we doing a podcast, right? So fast forward till March 2020, that's when we started Content is Profit. And it actually came out of a difficult situation. We were working with a lot of brick and mortars here in town. And when they had to close because of quarantine, they called and they said, hey, guess what? Bye-bye, <laughs> right? I was like, oh no, what are we gonna do now? And my brother here, he panicked a little bit more than, than I did. And I told him, go for a walk. Let's think about it. What can we do? So when he came back, we started talking and we realized for a time now, we were like, well, we didn't really want to work that much longer with this brick and mortar customers, right? So this is the perfect time, you know, to change directions. And we've been talking about starting a podcast now for a while now, right? We even tried it about a year back. So what about we start a podcast? But this time the goal was to connect with decision makers, right? People that could offer value, not just to the audience, but people that it could be a beneficial relationship with, you know, in, in terms of content momentum, the service that, that we provide. And the first 20 episodes, it was just my brother and I, right? Just doing it, just getting the hang of it. What is it to talk to the mic, to the camera? Uh, there's a few elements here and there that I'm leaving out just because for the sake of time, but we slowly saw that we could use the platform as a very, very, very powerful vehicle to connect with very powerful people. So we started inviting those people into the show. And now we have, yesterday we recorded episode 181, Ooh. right? We started doing interviews in episode 20. So that means we've done probably over 150 interviews with incredible entrepreneurs, right? you, for example, on Evans, uh, one of those examples. And it has been a game changer for us because we literally, we rebuild the business, right? And we managed to scale the business to that point. It was just my brother and I, now we have a team of eight, right? Now we have a solid business with systems, processes, right? We have super important connections in the marketplace that we can reach out to and more than connections, those people become friends, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing because, you know, there's so many people out there uh, like you with, that were told by the gurus, go out there and publish and do something. And uh, we're seeing a lot of those people that went out there and started and now they've stopped and they're regrouping and now they're ready to relaunch and now they're ready. They've gotten more. Uh, so what I heard you said is that the difference between the first one and the second podcast was that you how we were more clear on your messaging and who you were speaking to and you had kind of like a goal in mind that you were going somewhere with this show and it was for some yeah. intent and purpose right so yes number one yes and second is on the first time that we try to do the show right and at that point it was it wasn't even called content is profit it was called bruce and bros just so you know you still get an idea of what type of we, podcast we, we were about to we, to do yeah we uh we published three times a week so we would have been alcoholics by now yeah but, so uh, i'm glad that one didn't work out i'm glad that one didn't work <laughs> there's out there's a reason things happen <laughs> but, but also the reason is like yes we did have lack of clarity but at the same time we just put so much friction in the recording process the right, because aspect, yeah. the production aspect at that point, I was 
kind of like managing the production side of things. And I, I have a somewhat of a perfectionist personality, which I've been working on, right? And at that point, I was, I wanted it to be awesome. We had two different cameras, different views, right? Actually, three cameras, different views, the light, the setup. It would, it would just take us one hour to set up, to start recording. <laughs> and then when we're recording, guess what? The cameras that we had, they had their DSLRs. So for those that, that are familiar with that, they have 20 minute timers. You can only record for 20 minutes. And our episodes were longer than 20 minutes. So every 20 minutes we will have to get up and restart the camera, which creates a lot of pain when it comes to editing. Mm -hmm. And if we would make an audio mistake, right? Speaking or whatever, Guess what? We would be like, nope, this is not good enough. Let's start all over from the so much friction, so much friction, right? <laughs> Look how so, far you've come. <laughs> you just yeah, opened the door today and exactly. sat down. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. immediately got super turned off by for to do that. And you know, fast forward, one of the things that we decided to do with content is profit to get rid of that perfectionism is we're gonna go live. Like we're gonna do this live if we make mistakes. We'll embrace them. We'll deal with them. It's going to be part of yeah. the process. So that was huge for us when it came to, you know, gaining momentum and consistency with content this process. I mean, ju just yesterday, right, we were going through some information. Um, I think there's about 2 million podcasts right now in the world, right? And and about 90% of the people that start, uh, you know, after seven episodes, they're like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, this is not something that I really want to do, right? So when we first start as content producers, right, and call it, you know, podcast, call it video podcast, call it YouTube channel, whatever the, the, the output is, right? There's going to be an initial phase to it. And sometimes we compare ourselves to the top producers in the industry, right? Like um, we're, we're huge followers of YouTube, right? So we love, we love the platform. Uh, we learn a ton from it. And there's this creator called Mr. Beast. And this guy is the fastest, the rising YouTube person, right? Out there. He gives, he gives away a ton of money. He has oh, yeah, incredible resources and cars and like crazy things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah. but at the same time, what we don't see is how hard this kid has worked, right? Like he's been mm -hmm. publishing videos three times a week, at least for the last 10 years, right now, more than ever. Right. And he's 10 years of doing that. Right. So at the very beginning, when we first start doing it, we're like, man, we felt the weight, right. Not only on the show, but also, you know, on the 45 live challenge that we did about day 10, people are like, man, like, what is it? Right. So it's like, what is that one thing that's actually going to push push us forward to, for execution. So on one side, we got to diminish the friction to produce the show. So what is friction for you? For us was editing, was standing up and clicking on the camera, right? Was, was creating the setup. So it's like, how can we minimize the friction before we go live? Sounds good. Do we have the space to create a set that stays as a set? Sweet. Yes, we do. Okay. Do we have tools in place where we can leverage that? And by tools, it's not just these mics, but it could be your phone. It could be the yeah. mic on your camera, on your, on your computer, right? So how can we diminish that for execution? And then the second part is how can I actually stay consistent and, and, and motivated for execution, right? No, we, we don't really like the word motivation, but like, how can I continue to execute? Sounds good. For us was the value of the relationship with the person that we were connecting with, right? Because yeah. not only we're learning from them, we're, um, we're creating connections, strategic relationships. And at the end of the day, it can create business for us as well. So that was motivation enough to continue to do it. And, you know, 180 mm -hmm. episodes later, here we are and uh, no, no signs of top of stopping. 
Yeah, I love that. You know, it's one of those things that Evans and I talk about all the time in our coaching our clients on podcasting is that relationships that you build with the people. I mean, so many people are like, so focused on downloads and numbers and like, like, no, like focus on the relationships of the people that you are bringing on your show. So tell us a little bit about like, what, how has that impacted your business this year with those relationships of those 180 <laughs> interviews that you've done? Yeah. It, it saved the business. Like as simple as that, right? Like we lost, like Francis said, eighty percent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, right? Like, but the amount of value that we mm-hmm. get in personally. I mean, the other day we we're like, "Hey, this, this could be because we're, you know, we're marketers too. So this could be a cool headline for, uh, you know, whatever we're producing, right? It's like how to get a hundred thousand dollars of worth of advice for free." while making money. Right. And you're like, what? Like, and and, you know, that's super, you know, revenue driven that headline, but at the end of the day, right. Like the incredible value that we're able to share, not only with us, but with the people that actually tune into the show is incredible. Everybody, you know, we crafted the show. So there's an action point. So if people are actually paying attention and executing, they're going to get results just by listening to that incredible person talk just, you know, just like you guys did. Right. Um, and it literally saved the business because we've been able to have incredible partnerships people that connected us with the right client, right? That right person that stays with us to the longest. It was, it was, it gave us resources to be able to hire a team that we didn't have before. It gave us resources to meet the people so we can actually train that team and, and learn the processes and so on. And it has been an incredible experience over the last year. So yeah, the sky's the limit. Like the platform itself opens so many doors. Yeah. And I was like those before, com- before recording conversations and after recording conversations are so important too. like, I mean, the three of us came up with at least three business ideas before we press record <laughs> today. Right. We we're talking about mobile, yep. uh, mobile studio <laughs> recording studios, uh, retreats where we can get all your content done and all, all sorts of different business ideas. Right? So like those are like the relationship yes. building times. And, you know, I think they're so important in a podcast experience with uh, your guests and stuff. And it's so cool to to like you know it's like and also like you're coming and getting some like free coaching like it's so much like for, you know like your your title that you guys came up with that's perfect like it's exactly what you're getting uh from from having such incredible people on your show like i'm having so much fun with you guys today so so much great this is Thank so you. so many great takeaways for our audience who are thinking about maybe doing a podcast or or just starting a podcast and maybe thinking that this is a lot of work <laughs> and if you're thinking that yeah. this is a lot of work that's the time that you need to start calling you some help in and some getting some support yes. in like that's and nice. then you know having someone else do the editing you don't need to learn editing if you're a thought leader author coach speaker you're in your genius zone when you're producing that content and so hiring someone like amplify you or someone like the, the biz bros who are going to do your take your content and just make a crazy amount of content from it is where you need to have the help right now. So let's talk about your guys' process for helping content creators. So content creators create and create and create and create. And we love, we end up with a lot of content and maybe not all of it is useful. <laughs> useful. How do you help those content creators get like specific about what they're creating right from the beginning? And then what's the end, what's the end output? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That's the first. That's a great question. Um, I'm going to prephrase this with the perfectionist mindset that I used <laughs> to carry along with me. Right. And I thought every piece of content that I put out there, it had to be perfect. Right. It had to resonate with everybody. Then as past went by, I decided past went by. as time 
went past. I, I don't know. Now I got confused. Our English is not very good looking. Yeah, our English clearly. gets confused sometimes, <laughs> but it's all good. So uh, as time went by, I guess that's an expression. Good job. Good job. There we go. Um, I pretty much started to focus on, guess what? I just want to be comfortable being in front of the camera and sharing my message. And what if I take the extrovert approach to this whole thing. So what is the extrovert approach, right? Well, everybody has that one friend that you go, they go to parties and they start talking to everybody, right? And, you know, they get lucky or whatever, right? They get the most amount of opportunities. Why? Why is that? Well, simply because they're putting themselves in front of more opportunities than somebody that is not taking any sort of action. So for us, it became a matter of, well, let's put ourselves in front of more opportunities. Instead of doing the podcast once a week, what if we do it three times a week, right? That, that sort of things. So for us, it wasn't about what is that perfect content, but what are the amount of opportunities we can get in front of that we can test our message to find that winning message and then double down on that message, right? So we always say to people, have conversations, right? Have a lot of conversations with, the, with your audience. What are their pains? Like, you can sit all day long and you can write on a whiteboard what you think the pains of the people that you're trying to serve are. But at the end of the day, until they don't tell you what those pains are, you don't know 100%, right? It's just going to be assumptions all the time. So the, let's start there, right? We decided to take this approach of, okay, we're going to test message. We're going to have lots of conversations and then we're going to double down on the message that works. Now, after that, now we're thinking, how can we maximize our effort? We're putting so much effort into creating these incredible conversations, getting our guests on board, having the conversations, editing the podcast, right? And we want this to have a great reach. We want this to get as many eyeballs as we can, right? Let's leverage this content. So what we set out to do was, can we create a process? Can we create a system, a machine that we put the podcast in? And on the other side, we get lots of how you call them cash generating assets that we can use all over social media to gather new attention, right? Or existing attention and just retain that attention. So that's how the M2M started, right? We were, okay, we have this one hour of content how can we turn it into a lot of pieces of content that we can share on the social medias that we're active, right? We're active on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, at BizBrosCo. Uh, shameless <laughs> plug right there. Go follow us, guys. I love it. But <laughs> so that's what we set out to do, right? And we created a process. At first, it was uh, mainly myself editing. <laughs> um, and I would, you know, be looking for the marketing specific, what we call golden boulders within the episodes, those things that, you know, would make people turn their heads or stop their scrolling to listen to it a little bit more. What is that? Um, you know, normal people call it golden nuggets, but again, golden boulders that are going to catch people's attention. And once we have those, then we have an editing flow that we have to turn that into all these yeah. different type of assets. Something cool that started to happen was uh, we started obviously with zero audience, right? There's like mm -hmm. nobody knew who the biz bros were. Like uh, we didn't reach out to get new connections. It was really challenging, right? At the very mm -hmm. beginning in that sense, like, oh, how do we actually do that? And, and the fact that the show gave us the 
I, I, I'll guess we'll call it the excuse to go out and, and do this and create these relationships, right? And we're like, huh, how do, how do we leveraging it? So what happens was with the distribution, right? Because promotion and, and being out there, top of funnel, making sure that our content is being seen every single day, right? Not only by our guests, but by the people that kind of follow uh, our story is very important, right? So we're like, okay, so if we put X amount of pieces out, the outcome is positive, the accounts grow, we get more conversations, we get more connections, the feedback has been great, sounds good. What if we put more content out there and we have the capacity, right, and the resources to do it? More of that started to happen. And then what happens is the audience got to a level where we started getting feedback of, hey guys, we want more of you. We want, you know, we want to be a part of the 45 Live Challenge that you guys talk about all the time. So we had about a hundred people in the first challenge that we ever did. And I was like, what? This is insane, right? At less than a year before we, we started the, the show, right? From That was feedback from the audience. And we we're like, okay, they're telling us exactly what they want, which is so valuable, right? Because then it gives us, we're not guessing. Mm-hmm. It's, th- this is on the offer side of things, right? It allows us to pinpoint exactly what they want and how can we help them. And then the delivery is so much more powerful because we're actually helping them with the things that they wanted to, to do, right? So now the, the next request was like, hey, we want to be part of our community. Sounds good. Let's We're launching a Facebook group, right? So we can all hang out together and learn and learn from each other and connect and create that incredible content is profit and content momentum family, right? Because it has been something that's been coming from, from the audience that they want to connect. And then now the game is, okay, how can we continue, right? With the output of content that goes out, how can we learn from the audience, what we're doing in the community and then integrate everything. And that's where the, the game starts to be really fun because now we, we actually see like, okay, we're actually delivering value that like we were, it, this was just not on our heads. It's actually happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is like, we saw it, we grabbed them, we like started executing. And then just by listening to what's happening, right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, we get those results. Now the common question is, well, the accounts are growing, the followers, and they have, we had a conversation the other day with the, with somebody and we're like, that comes with time and with consistency, right? So that's why we need to be very aware of the people that are like closest to us so we can help them, right? Because as we publish, as we put our message out there consistently, everything else is going to grow, right? We're going to grab attention. People are going to resonate with the message and then they're going to follow. And then after they follow, they're going to see the message. And after they see the message and they resonate, they're going to join the community. And after they join the community, like this is the path, right? There's going to be obviously more direct ways to, to get in contact with people. But as far as the system, if it runs automatically without any friction from us, right? We're not the bottleneck anymore. And that's so important. You know, what you mentioned is like, okay, you know, this is why you hire a team. This is why you hire somebody to help you out. And it took us years to understand that. So, uh, you know, please learn from our experience. And, you know, if you if you are able to do it, please go ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's brilliant. There's a couple of things you guys said there. One is that you're listening to the audience. So how is the audience interacting and telling you those things? So is it by comments on the social media or is it another way that they're actually telling you that? Yeah, we, uh, comments is one. We encourage everybody to send us DMs, right? We jump on conversations with them. So, uh, you know, on, on the, on the show itself, we've had calls with people where like, Hey, you know, we are looking for five people to talk about this. What do you think? Right. And, and people respond and they're like, sounds good. We jump. I remember the first time we, that we did 45 live, it was 45 days straight of just Facebook lives. This is way before the show, right? One day we're like, huh, let's test an offer. Let's see what happens. Right. And, um, everything's like before that was just telling us stories and be like, Hey, if you want to connect, here's my DM, send me a DM. Right. But that day was like, let's just do like a straight offer as in 
hey, we're looking for five people to connect and, and learn from, and this is what we're looking for, right? Well, we got more than 20 responses that day, like, hey, I want to talk. I want to talk about that exactly, right? And that was an incredible market research mm -hmm. exercise, right? Because we were able to jump on a call with 20 people, build that relationship. We learned a lot from what they were like struggling with on content. And that was like really the base of mm -hmm. what came next. We're like, huh, people are struggling with consistency. People are struggling with... Uh, they don't have their own frameworks, right? Uh, people that are struggling with shiny object syndrome, right? right? So the message, like all these things. And we're like, huh, look at all these pieces, right? And now fast forward a few months, you know, we've been able to develop a few frameworks. One of them is a publishing pyramid, which tackles all of these things because of our own experience going through it, right? So that's the other thing. As you publish, you're going to start coming up with your own frameworks on how you see the world of how you see your business, right? How you've been able to achieve those results. And then you're able to share that. So now we were able to grab that, right? And send it back to them. And they're like, oh my gosh, so much value. I want to be involved with you guys. How can I learn more? Right. Mm -hmm. So th those are a few uh, of the, of the items or the, the elements, right. That has helped it. And obviously as you scale your content and you get more resources, there's other avenues like, you know, paid ads or different things that you can, you know, throw towards specific campaigns and offers. And as, as you continue to grow. Yeah, I love that. There's just so many opportunities there, I think, to connect. Like you said, connecting with your audience is such a huge thing. I think a lot of people miss out on, they forget to do, or they forget to check in and see, is this resonating? Is this not? And, you know, sometimes when you're in podcasting, you feel like you're talking to, talking to the microphone and the, and the camera and nobody else. So it can be a lonely place sometimes. So by getting that feedback, I think that's really fantastic. And it's such a great idea. And getting on the phone with them, especially um, offering them, they love talking. They like, I remember being such a podcast listener that if the host is like, yeah, let's get on a call be like, heck yeah. Like I would like feel like I know them already. Right. So uh, I think yeah. those, mm -hmm. are, those are really great strategies, really great ideas. So now do you guys do some planning in the, before you record to know that you'll get enough nuggets or boulders, golden boulders. I love that you said that golden boulders. Cause they're so much bigger than golden nuggets uh, in, yes. in, in the output at the end. And so like, are you looking for certain kind of, um, you know, you know, like four or five nuggets over here to then get your 10 kind of output videos over here or what's the, what's the, what's your guys strategy around that? If you're allowed to say. <laughs> Yeah, of yeah. course. So, so something that we use for, uh, right, maximizing our output, mm -hmm. um, part of our process, we call it content maps, right? So we know in advance exactly what the output is that we're going to get from each episode, right? That is just said, we planned, we invested our time in created that way in advance. So it's always like that. Now, for the podcast, it has evolved, obviously, since episode one, but we wanted a podcast that was more conversational just because of we didn't want the perception of the audience to be, right, and this is just psychology here. We didn't want people to perceive our status way lower than our guest, right? We wanted to put ourselves par on par with our guest. So, we wanted it to look as a conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, does it have a structure? Yes. When we started, we had the Epiphany Bridge questions, actually. And, you know, because that is, that is proven already to make people have emotional reaction to stories, to a journey, right? Mm -hmm. See the achievements and change beliefs. 
So we're like, okay, we're going to have the Epiphany Bridge script right there, the store, the questions, and we're going to go kind of like one by one. But as they speak, if we have comments, we're obviously going to share them. We're going to share our points of views. And we wanted to make it a conversation, not just an, an interview. So that's how we started. Now, we as it evolved, right, we have this document. Um, we, and we just so you know, we spent probably about 15 to 30 minutes mm -hmm. uh, preparing for each interview, right? We are pretty familiar with the guests just because we've seen their content. We know who they are. But as per preparing for the episode, we have a structure. We Again, we have this batch board that all we got to do is pretty much fill in the blanks. It's part of the process, the system that we have in place. Now, uh, we usually start with the first question of the Epiphany Bridge story at this point, which is we want to know who you are. What is your backstory, right? Not just for yourself, but for the audience as well, so they can get to know you. And then we just go curiosity-based conversation because usually that story starts triggering so many questions in our minds. And if those questions are being triggered in our mind, possibly there's a big, big possibility those same questions are being triggered in your audience minds, right? So we want to have this conversation. So let's say, you know, we were talking to you guys and you were talking about finding somebody to work with. Well, I'm curious, what was the challenge of starting a business with somebody else? Because guess what? When I started working with my brother, even though we were living together for years at this point, there were challenges, right? And, and that makes the conversation evolve. And then obviously we have a goal with the conversation. Where do we want to take this conversation to? And we guide the conversation all the way towards there. The, the interesting thing is there's always golden boulders. If you have a, I'm going to say, if you have a good guest, right, that they know their message, they know what they're sharing, they're going to drop those golden boulders, <laughs> right? Um, also, don't be afraid of asking deeper questions, right? Don't be afraid to ask why multiple times go to those deeper layers mm -hmm. because that's when they're going to open up and they're going to share again those golden boulders. For example, Yesterday, we had Devon Brown in the podcast. He is the MC for Funnel Hiking Live. That's, I feel like, what most people know him for. But he was actually the number one MC of live events in the world in 2019. I think that's when, yeah. what he mentioned. He's been and, running events for Tony Robbins, Russell Branson, yeah. right? Like, incredible personality. Incredible. Right? And we started talking, right? And, and we noticed that in his content, he started publishing more. He's been actually a, a digital marketing, a digital marketer for over 10 years, right? A two comma club award. Like this guy is insane, but most people just know him as the MC. Mm -hmm. So we started digging there and it got to a point of the conversation that he was like, hey, I've actually never shared this in a podcast before. Um, but I would like to share it here today, right? And I don't want to spoil the surprise, right? I'm going to use this uh, little <laughs> hook in there. Go check out the episode and content this profit is coming out in a week and a half. <laughs> Those are the best words yeah. to hear, right? <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard this anywhere else before. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Those are the best words. You're like, oh, this is the gold right here, right? We're digging deep enough. Yeah. And you know what he shared was, really was yeah, was very powerful. We're like, wow. Because it didn't have to be with, honestly, with hacks or tactics or secrets. It was more to be with 
what he was feeling on the inside, yeah. which resonates so in so many levels with a lot of people. And it just gets you thinking, yeah. right? It gets you thinking about, huh, what if, what if I would do this? Or what if I was in that yeah. position or, right? It, it just makes it so much more relatable. So again, going back to the structure and how we prepare. Yes, we do have a structure uh, because of it, it allows us to not spend extremely crazy amount of hours of research before, right? Again, the, the objective of the podcast, right, is how we're turning content into profit, right? Like that is the objective. So we know we're guiding the conversation in that sense. And sometimes it is mindset, right? Sometimes it's all about mindset. Sometimes it is about marketing principles. So, as we are talking to the guest, that starts to unfold and we know exactly where to go and how to finish it. Yeah. Operationally with the, with the content and like, where do I actually find those golden boulders? Right. Like to, so I can publish, right. Like Fonsi said, there's going to be many opportunities throughout the episode that that happens. Right. So for us, we're very lucky that it's two of us, right? So one can carry the conversation. We have a, a cheat sheet that we follow through the show <laughs> that if something like that resonates, we can completely, and you you probably saw me taking notes, right? On my side of things where it resonate, I will put like a quick headline or, or, or the idea and the timestamp. So that indicates our team where those value points are. But for, for an episode, it's probably like, 50 or 30, like it is it, pretty, pretty big. Right. There's so, a lot of good so things. for the team, we've trained them on like, Hey, this is the type of stuff that we're looking for. Right. It, it, reso- it has to resonate with the message. Right. Um, and then here's a framework on how to do that. So the map is ready as far as like the number of assets and where do we get them? They know the structure of the show where it's like introduction, right. Backstory of our character. And then we do free flow Q and a, and then at the end, there's two very specific questions that we ask and they know that those, that the episode is break is broken down in that, in that framework. So then mm-hmm. it's very easy for them to go in and actually pick those items because they're probably going to be signaled by us. Right. So for, if you're doing it on your own, right. A method to do it is, you know, maybe grab the audio, put it into X speed and be like, okay, here's where that golden boulder is. And normally you might be able to create the markers. Uh, you know, if you have a notepad or something, you can create those markers as you go and you don't need more than three, four, five, right? Because what we want to do is, is, is then multi-purpose that content into probably different formats, different platforms and so on. Right. And at the end of the day is, can we cause enough curiosity for people to see that asset? Yeah and then go to the full interview and then get into our world. So it it does take a knowledge on what is your message, right? What is the problem that you're solving for people? Because now that that will allow you to ask the right questions, but also let's say post recording, you're looking at the show again and you want to find these golden boulders. You need to find stuff that is relatable, right? That is going to make people stop their scroll or be more interested in what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? So that is why it's so important to understand your messaging and the, the pains that you're solving. For example, as we do this for clients, part of it is understanding what is their message and the pains that they're solving and their solutions, right? Because now when we go through their content, we're educated on the market that they're serving and we can make the right decisions of, huh, this golden boulder is way better than the other one because this one actually talks about the print, the main problem that, that this person's audience have, right? So there's definitely some marketing principles behind it and education that comes with picking out the right golden boulders. 
but it, it's a matter of also investing the time in doing so. I love it. And I love how you use the word multi-purposing instead of repurposing. It's great. <laughs> multi-purposing, it just sounds so much better. And there's, there, there's a story behind it, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I remember we were sitting in this live event, right? And, and we're like, who, who are we fighting against, right? <laughs> we're like, uh, as far as like marketing message, right? Throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fonzie made a really cool observation. And correct me if I'm wrong the way, but the, the way I perceived that conversation with you was like, Man, we're fighting against the repurposing because that diminishes the value of something that we already created, right? So why are we actually doing? It means that some uh, something that we created didn't work, and now we're just grabbing and shifting the the meaning of it for some to try something else. No, publishing works from the very beginning, from when you start. The first piece of content that I put out there, it works, right? It's gonna be in front of somebody. It's gonna create an uh, impact, right? Whether that's a minute, whether that's five minutes, whether that's an hour, right? It's already working. What happens is like, we don't take the time often to go from the very beginning and be like, okay, my objective, here's my show, right? Here's my map of content that I really want. That I, what is my dream output, right? And we start there and then we're like, okay, do we actually have the resources, the capacity, the consistency to actually keep up with that? If the answer is yes, awesome. Let's execute. So we're multi-purposing from the very beginning. If the answer is no, we got to see, okay, what are our resources? What is our capacity with those resources? How can I keep it consistent? And then that maps might shrink just a little bit, but to the point that we can execute consistently, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, when we launched the show, right, we didn't have the capacity to create 400 plus pieces of content every single month after, right? Right? That came later, but the beginning, the, the capacity and the resources allowed us to do three live shows. Sounds good. We do that. As we grow as a company, we get resources. You know, we got team members. Sweet. The resources are going to go. Our capacity is going to get higher. Sounds good. Let's revisit this map. Now, the objective is create assets so we can create conversations, so we can be present every single day, multiple times a day in multiple platforms, right? We want to be omnipresent, right? Because the, the message is consistent, right? We can we can see we've had connections from LinkedIn, we've had connections from Instagram, from Facebook, Do we have the capacity to keep up with those? Yes, sounds good. Let's go execute. So then from the very beginning, we're multi-purposing. It's not that I'm putting the message out first and be like, ah, that kind of worked. And let's actually grab that and put it somewhere else. No, from the very beginning, that work needs to happen because then we can measure, right? We can see, okay, these many assets are going out. Sounds good. What is happening? Let's see the feedback. Great. This is the feedback. Are we growing? Great, right? If you see our graph, it's funny. Like it just continues to like, slowly but surely continues to grow at the same time and people get connected and we get people in the in the community um and it works right from the very beginning so that's that's in under my perception how it happened right Fonsi has a very different awesome probably better thought process on how he comes up with it with these incredible (laughs) ideas but i see it a lot operationally right so we're like no from the very beginning we have to be planning this thing right to make sure that we have a solid base on who to like what to measure what to see because i'm like huh which we maybe are going to be able to do 10 assets well no we need a number so we can actually measure can we keep this up consistently so in a month we produce this you know, how much did we get back? What was the return on the investment, right? Sounds good. What Are we okay with that? Sure. Sounds good. Let's continue. Let's grow. Let's continue to, to grow. Yeah, that's amazing. I think there's a lot of people that don't put that content thought into the beginning of the show or even the structure of the show 
so then can't therefore get all those great golden boulders out of it because you know you're not thinking about how you're structuring it or how you want and funny enough actually i always start with the journey sort the journey question at the beginning of all of my podcast episodes and we dove right into uh content today because i was so excited to talk about what you guys are talking about <laughs> so bring us back let's rewind a little bit how did you guys end up in the u.s and how did you actually end up working together like were you always working together or this was just a new thing as of uh the marketing when you were working with the uh, the gyms and all the other uh, in-person uh, companies I think it was very organic how we started working together, but to go back to how we got here to the States, um, you know, we had different stories. He mm -hmm. is three and a half years older than, than me, but we very specific. Yeah. Just, we gotta be specific, right? Okay. We gotta, we, people <laughs> needs to know who's the older and younger brother. Um, the beard might throw off people, but guys, uh, I'm, the, the, I'm the younger one. Um, that being said, we both came here with soccer scholarships to play soccer. We wanted to be professional soccer players mm -hmm. our entire life. My brother had some opportunities when he was, you know, from kind of like the range from 15 till he came to, here to the States. And my opportunity was when I was here in the States. So we played, I was actually living in Texas for a few years. Then I moved here to Jacksonville, got an opportunity with the team. At the end, it didn't work out, right? And that's when the transition started to happen. My brother at that point was already kind of like tuned off from soccer. If I'm not mistaken, he was already transitioning. But at that point, we're like, okay, what, what do we do next? What is to do? And as an international student, the, the opportunities, they're great opportunities. Don't get me wrong. We're extremely thankful, but they're very limited as well as an international student. So for us, it became a matter of, what can what can we do right what to not depend on a working visa lottery right to not give our power to somebody else what do we have in our power that we can do and one of the answers was we can start a business so at first it was also you know we had the monetary need to to be living here uh we want still as part of our goal main goals is to bring our parents from back uh, from Venezuela to here, right? You know, provide for them how they provided for us when we were growing up. And it, it started slowly, right? We had a few projects. We did stickers. We did screen printing for T-shirts. Um, then when we transitioned into the online world, first we had a project trying to sell like eBooks and whatnot. <laughs> uh, then we did the digital marketing agency, like a full-fledged digital marketing agency, that at that point we were just freelancing, let's be honest, we didn't have a business whatsoever, but that allowed us to learn a lot of skills, mm -hmm. introduce us to the world of what is an actual business, right? You need to go out there and do some selling for people, knock on some doors. And, you know, we had some successful projects here and there. We learned some skills like videography, um, anything digital marketing related. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the journey, we got to a spot where we weren't growing, right? And we joined this incredible community with a coach. It was a mastermind. And the first thing that they said is, well, you guys are doing too many things. You guys got to, you know, pick one. And the common denominator at that point was content most of our clients were asking for content hey 
can I get more content done? Can I get more content done? So <laughs> we sat down. It was a very difficult conversation <laughs> because I personally didn't want to do content because I was the one doing all the editing, right? So I was like, oh, I'm pretty tired of it. Honestly, I want to do something else, right? And we pretty much lay down all the, all the stages of a funnel mm-hmm. in a whiteboard, right? Pretty much each stage could be a business of its own, right? And there are business of its own just hitting very specific stages of funnels, right? And I personally wanted to do something with like email marketing, um, even though at that point I didn't have that much experience with copywriting, but I think that's kind of like something that excited me as well. I was like, oh, I'm going to get to learn this skill as we do, as we get paid, right? Pretty much get paid to learn it. But my brother ended up convincing me to go with the content. And then that's how Content Momentum, which is a service, started to slowly grow and grow. And first we started with brick and mortars, uh, just businesses here in town. And then we started working with, you know, podcasters, um, people online, which were already producing the content, right? That was a huge epiphany for us. In here, we were trying to convince these brick and mortars to to (laughs) film, to, you know, have a stand there for an hour and talk about what they supposedly love to do. And it was such a pain because they didn't believe in content as much as content creators, right? Like you, Michelle and Evans, you guys are already doing it. You guys are already putting your message out into the world. So one day we were actually at an event and we were talking to somebody. We're explaining them what we do. And he's like, oh, but I already do the filming. Like I record an hour episode every week. What would you charge me just to do the rest of the process? And we look at each other and we're like, (gasps) There's people like this in the world, right? Like, like we where can, have you been? Yeah, we can only serve these people. So yeah. that is a very fast pace on kind of how we got to the States mm. and how the business started. Yeah, as far as like working together, uh, we grew up together, obviously, same household. I left home when I was 15. So I'm 31 now, a while back, right? So there was a period in there where we, like, you know, I was I was in Italy, then I was in Spain for another year. So we didn't really share much around 15, 16, 17 years yeah. old, right? But then we came back and, you know, I was, I was in college back home. He was in college as well. And we, you know, we started to bond a little bit more. Then when we came here, right, he was in Texas and then we met again in Jacksonville. It was pretty natural. We we get along. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't have where to stay, so I stayed. He had to <laughs> in his place in the living room in an air mattress. And next thing we knew, I was like, "Hey, what's up, guys? I've been here for like a year now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoot, can we move to so he can get his room? Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's literally. And then on the business side of things, there's obviously been a lot of growing involved personally, right? Individually, uh, learning how to communicate effectively. Right now, we're going through. Uh, a planning phase in the business where we're structuring a lot of it on the back end to make sure that systems are put in place, accountability, not just for us, but also for the team. Right. Because, uh, you know, as we as we started, um, some people were wearing multiple hats, us included. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're like, OK, now that the resources are coming in, now we, there's a team. We got to be very specific on who's accountable for what. So that has been an incredible experience. And I think our personalities help big time. Uh, you know, he's he's more of a dreamer. Right. Visionary guy. I'm the I'm more of an integrator. I love to dream too, but I'm more on the integration side of things. So it's been fun to to see those skills kind of complement each other. 
That's awesome. My brother has uh, been working with me too. We started off together working and then he went and pursued his own, uh, his own passion, having kids with entrepreneurship. And then he's just recently come back to working again, which is awesome because, you know, we're very similar, but like he's now like doing project management stuff for us, which is amazing. So he's more the integrator now, so I can be the dreamer. <laughs> it Yes. works, works good for me. I like the ideas. I do have the idea. You go put it together. <laughs> and I love so, it. I yeah, love it. it's been awesome. yeah it's so fun working with family it's great because he you know there's and I've always said at the end of the day like we're family we have to sit at the same dinner table so if anything in business like you know Yeah. that has to be our first priority is our family so if business doesn't go well like you know we got to be open and like the second something like is not working we got to be honest and like you know let's fix it right away because at the end Yeah, of the day I love we have to it. sit at the same dinner table <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, communication is communication is huge, right? I mean, there were there have been points, not like extreme points to the an extreme where we're like, oh, we don't want to work together anymore, but we just keep things to ourselves, and they're just damaging the business. Then at that point, and uh, they're not. Honestly, I don't think they damage the relationship, um, but they just damage in the business. And then it's okay. Let's set out a time, the space, right, and a system for us to actually communicate these things in advance, so we can avoid, you know, issues in the future. So, I mean, it is it, like any relationship, right? I mean, did you? He's my brother, but I do the same thing with my girlfriend. It's okay. What is our space and for for speaking right for communicating with each other when we have issues so then we can get to solutions and i think most of the issues is that people just keep all the problems to themselves and then they they don't share them and you know they just let things escalate mm Yeah. And then there's an explosion usually, right? <laughs> With the escalation -hmm. yeah and then the explosion. Yeah. So you guys, this has been so amazing. We've gotten so many golden um, boulders from you today. <laughs> and I love just like, I think our audience is going to be like, oh my gosh, there's going to be some light bulbs going off in, in their minds. And one of them is like content momentum. Oh, like how do, how do you, how do we work with you guys? So tell us a little bit like where to find you guys, how to find out more information. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, best place direct to us is send us a quick DM, right? At BizBrosco. You can find us there. If you, if you search for Luis Camejo, you're going to find both of us. Very similar picture, orange background. That's where we are. And uh, first step is contentisprofit.com. There's actually the principle that started everything for us, which is a minimal viable content principle. It's right there for free. So that's the way in. Um, we have the community. It's a Facebook group. So if you put on Facebook, content is profit, you're going to find it as well. And obviously all the behind the scenes shows in there. So social is the best part. There's a few, you know, what, what, what fits your boat? You can go and, and pick your, your most comfortable one. <laughs> is that, is that an expression? What fits your boat? It's what, whatever flows your boat, but I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw, I saw your, uh, your judgment eyes. That's okay. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some of those, some of those uh, English words and things that you've come up with are actually better than what the original ones are. So <laughs> Thank just go you. with whatever fits your boat. I think that's a good, that's Whatever a good way of fits saying your vote. it. <laughs> yeah, You're, you're, exactly. you're too nice. <laughs> I love it. Well, you guys, this has been awesome. It's been so great. One last question before you guys go. What's been the most impactful <laughs> podcast interview that you've done so far? oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I'll take the first one uh, before you throw me under the bus because he tends to do that. 
Um, other than yours and Evans, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and so, I, I, I think for for me it was Todd Brown. Uh, that was all on Fonzie how he, how we were able to get him on the show, and um, he was probably like the biggest name that we've had at that point. It was episode forty, um, and that just proved that we can literally get in a conversation with anybody like these guys. If I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has a method called the EFI method has multiple books. Like he is Russell's mentor, like Russell's Brunson's mentor. That's the, he's been in the industry for more than 20 years. And we were able to have him for a full hour on a conversation that we could ask literally anything that we wanted from him. And it was such a cool conversation. We were extremely nervous at first to to set it up, but it was like, as soon as the show started, we became ours, uh, ourselves. And then after the show, actually, we're still live. This guy just throws the m- most incredible testimonial to us, uh, as in the experience. Where are we going? And that moment in there is probably one of our most proud moments because mm. it proved that it doesn't matter the distance really that where we sit to whoever is out there that we admire mm. that conversation can happen we can be in the same room having the same conversation with the power of the platform and for him the experience was so positive with us that he was able to do that testimonial live in front of an audience to us and that piece of gold will have forever and uh, and we appreciate Todd, if you're listening to this, Todd, thank you so much for that. Uh, but that kept the gas going and still does, right? And that gave us the strength to go ask other people later in the show to be like, hey, you know, if we were able to get Todd, we were able to get X, Y, Z. And it has opened so many doors for us. So I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, but every single, every single person, honestly, it brings so much to the table that we're thankful for every single interview that we have on the yeah. show. This is usually what we say after every interview. We look at each other and we're like, wow, that was, so good. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, every single time we have a conversation, it's like yeah. you, you just learn so much, right? Just being able to talk to incredible people and them sharing their journey, their struggles, right? And uh, their points of views, right? And them challenging your points of views. It's just amazing. Um, for me, that moment with Todd Brown, it was like a magical moment, if I'm being honest. Um, I had been following him for for a while. I was reading his book, right? That's, that's actually how I reached out to him. And the fact that, yeah, he just dropped that comment at the end, it, it, it literally got me like teary eyes at the moment. Even right now, I have like watery eyes um, just remembering that. And I, when, they, when we launched the episode, I screenshotted the thing and just screen recorded actually that and I have it in my phone. So sometimes I just put it to go to sleep, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I, I hear it once in a while just because it's a, it's a beautiful reminder of, you know, sometimes you feel down. It is part of the journey. So listening to that is is very motivating. Um, and so, so another one Per, a person more than just on a specific interview that has been to the show that I think it has been very influential in, mm-hmm. in everything now, how we, how we act and how we pursue business um, has been George Bryant. His interviews are very powerful. Every time that he speaks, he has a way of making you open up. So mm-hmm. it's dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. If there you might have be secrets. Uh, don't talk to George. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Go talk to George. Go, <laughs> talk, go, to go talk to George. There might be some some tears involved, but it's it's such a good, wholesome feeling 
these conversations, but yeah. Yeah, it's difficult, honestly, to qualify <laughs> certain conversations <laughs> as, as your favorite ones yeah. because they each one have their special moments or their special thing that you learn and you can get out of. It. Yeah, and I think the reason why it's so hard is because we literally bring the people that we want to have a conversation with, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's like, hey, you know, pick your favorite personality in the world and then go ask them to to sit down with you for an hour, right? So that's why it's so hard because literally all the interviews that we've done is people that we've handpicked yeah. or that come preferred by them because they know it's going to be a good fit. And then it ends up like we're, all, we're like besties, not right? Everybody has now two yeah. Venezuelan brothers all over. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard because it's, it's not just random people. So that is the power that, you know, as content creators, we can have, right? We have the power to actually choose who we're going to have these conversations with, who we're going to grow with. And, you know, the people and what you do, Michelle and Evans, what you guys do with your students, with the people that come into your world is so valuable because you, you, you literally give them the keys to create that reality for, for themselves through their shows. So thank you for what you guys do. Uh, it has, you know, for us in our platform, it changed everything and we're forever grateful. This is the one thing that, that we always talk. If we have to create the whole thing, what is the one thing that doesn't go? The show, the right? Show, we yeah. got to figure out a way to keep it going, right? Yeah. So best education ever, right? Best education, networking, mm. like every, like personal development, like it has been the key to like success in my business as well. Just having a show and having the ability to reach out to these amazing people to have conversations. And oh my gosh, I know yeah. my audience has gotten a lot out of today's interview with you guys. So I just want to thank you so, so, so much oh. for becoming on and being so open to share all the strategy and all the amazing <laughs> things that you guys are doing. You guys are amazing. And And uh, we look forward to, uh, you know, Evans and I collaborating with you guys in the future. There's some big ideas. We've already got three business ideas today. <laughs> I know you guys I are going to be around. <laughs> yes, we're so excited, Michelle. Thank you so much for allowing yeah. us to share our message here in your platform and uh, with your community. So anybody that comes from you guys is welcome with open arms, big Venezuelan hugs. Uh, so thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for being here, guys. And Amplify You Family, make sure you reach out to the Biz Bros. They're amazing and they will take great care of you. So until next time, Amplify You Family, be out there. Your uniqueness is your genius. Broadcasting it to the world is ours and multiplying it to the world is theirs. <laughs> so go out there and be awesome. <laughs>